When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Humans are always looking for someone to admire. Sometimes it's a god, a celebrity, or someone influential from the past. During the Great Depression, there were some movie stars who garnered attention, but the real stars of the time were gangsters. We've already learned about several of them in our lessons, but the biggest, baddest of them all was John Dillinger the most famous bank robber in U.S. history. He robbed over 24 banks, but he stole the hearts of the world, too. Aside from maybe J. Edgar Hoover, who created a task force just to find him. Come with me and let's peer into the past and see what we can learn from the rotten and handsome man, John Dillinger. Magic mirror on the wall. Who is the most rotten one of all? Hi, hello, and howdy, my darlings, and welcome to Rotten to the Core. I am the not so evil queen, Joshua Waters, and I am so happy to have you join me on my lesson. This is the history podcast where we use my magic mirror and a touch of humor to look into the lives and actions of some rotten apples in our history, all with the goal of learning a lesson or two from them that can help us in our current lives. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. I am perpetually single myself, but I still love this holiday. Although, you won't find me anywhere near a restaurant on the 14th. Did you know that Valentine's Day and Mother's Day are restaurants' busiest days of the year? Take a tip from me. If you buy your own chocolates and flowers, you don't have to shave. Win-win. I've been watching all of my favorite 90s romance movies back when they were good before Hallmark and Lifetime began making the same movie with just different actors. I'll take a 90s Meg Ryan movie any day. Our lesson for this week isn't a love story in the usual sense, but people sure love John Dillinger. He robbed banks, broke out of prisons, and murdered people. So, why did people love him? Two words, Robin Hood. 
John Herbert Dillinger was born right here in my home state of Indiana in 1903 in a middle-class neighborhood of Indianapolis. His mother died when he was only three years old, and his father was said to have been a strict disciplinarian who worked as a grocer. John did have a stepmother, and it's said that he resented her, but I couldn't find out why. Trouble began early with John, when he was only a teenager. He didn't care for school very much, not that he was unintelligent, he just hated the monotony and strict rules. Eventually, he dropped out and found work in a machine shop during the day and would prowl around Indianapolis at night. I've done the same thing a few times myself, only on a full moon though. John's dad was afraid the city would corrupt his son. So he loaded up the truck and moved them to the town of Mooresville, south of Indianapolis. Farm life wouldn't be enough to keep John content, though, because soon he was causing trouble again. His first run-in with the law came when John decided to steal a car. Then, in order to avoid a harsher punishment, John joined the Navy for a short time. And surprise, surprise, he hated all the rules and began breaking them often. Only a few months after joining, John abandoned his ship, the USS Utah, while it was docked in Boston, and he was dishonorably discharged soon after that. Ugh, I hate the word discharge. He then returned to Mooresville and found a very young bride in 1924, and her name was Beryl Hovius. <laughs> B-E-R-Y-L. She was 16 at the time, while John was 21. Ew. John's second run-in with the law came shortly after that. John had been working with a man named Ed Singleton, who was a pool shark in Indy. The pair came up with a plan to rob a grocer in Mooresville, but they were caught shortly after. Ed pleaded not guilty, and he only received two years in prison. But John's dad convinced John to plead guilty in hopes of a lesser sentence. It didn't work, though. John confessed and was convicted of assault and battery with intent to rob and conspiracy to commit a felony, and he received joint sentences of 2 to 14 and 10 to 20 years in the Indiana State Prison. That became a turning point for John. He was stunned and felt betrayed by the justice system, and it turned him into a bitter man while he was locked up. Who the hell was his lawyer? That seems like an overkill punishment for robbing a grocery store. John served eight years in prison for that crime, and immediately upon his release in 1933, he robbed a bank in Ohio. John was caught again and held in the Lima, Ohio jail. I'm not sure who trained the officers who booked him because they found detailed escape plans in his pocket when they frisked him. John denied that they were plans of escape. So, they threw them away. But only four days later, eight of his friends used those exact same plans to break out of prison, using guns that were smuggled in. And during the breakout, two prison guards were shot. They then traveled to Ohio and impersonated police officers to break John out. They told the sheriff that they were there to transfer John back to Indiana State Prison, but lost their cool when pressed for their credentials. 
Quickly, one of the men then pulled a gun, shot the sheriff, and beat him into unconsciousness. They then took the keys, let John out, and locked the sheriff's wife and a deputy in the cell, and left the sheriff to die on the floor as they made their getaway. John and his gang then robbed multiple banks and stole guns from police stations in Auburn and Peru, Indiana. Hey, Peru is where I do my favorite two hobbies, hiking and Taco John's. They stole several machine guns, rifles, revolvers, and a large amount of ammunition, as well as some bulletproof vests. In January of 1934, John Dillinger and his gang killed a police officer during the robbery of the First National Bank of East Chicago, Indiana. Then, they made their way to Florida and then to Tucson, Arizona. On January 23rd of that same year, a fire broke out in one of the hotels where the gang members were staying. One of the firemen recognized the men from their photographs and the police arrested them and John immediately. They also seized more than $25,000 in cash, and part of that was from the East Chicago robbery. John was then kept at the Crown Point County Jail, which was said to have been escape-proof while he awaited trial. Newsflash, it was not escape-proof. John actually whittled a gun out of some wood and used black shoe polish to paint it black. With the fake gun, he forced them to open the door to his cell. Then he grabbed two real machine guns, locked up the guards and several trustees, and fled. Now that sounds like some real Shawshank Redemption stuff right there. I have to remind myself that some birds aren't meant to be caged. Sorry, that's the best Morgan Freeman I can do. Once he broke out, John made the mistake that would end up causing his early demise. He stole the sheriff's car and drove across the Indiana-Illinois line, heading for Chicago. But by doing that, he violated the National Motor Vehicle Theft Act, making transporting a stolen motor vehicle across a state line a federal offense, bringing the full force of the FBI on his tail. In Chicago, John joined his girlfriend, Evelyn Frechette, who teamed up with Homer Van Meter, Lester Babyface Nelson, Gillis, Eddie Green, and Tommy Carroll. They all then planned out multiple bank robberies and were successful in stealing large sums of money. While living in Chicago, John and his girlfriend went by Mr. and Mrs. Hellman, and they rented a small apartment. But due to their suspicious behavior, it soon gained the attention of their landlord. And that attention led to the couple being put under surveillance by the FBI, and agents approached the door after only a few days. As you can imagine, that led to a shootout, and John and his girlfriend escaped out the back door, but not before John was hit and injured by a bullet. They then fled back to Mooresville, Indiana, where they stayed with his father and half-brother until his wound healed. While John was healing, Evelyn went back to Chicago to visit a friend. The FBI found her and arrested her. 
She was taken to St. Paul for trial on a charge of conspiracy to harbor a fugitive. She was convicted, fined $1,000, and sentenced to two years in prison. Meanwhile, John robbed a police station in Warsaw, Indiana, of guns and more bulletproof vests. With as many bullets that fly at them, I don't know what's more valuable, the guns or the vests. From there, John then fled up to Upper Michigan until he got word that the FBI was coming to get him. He left just before FBI agents got there. In Washington, FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover assigned Special Agent Samuel A. Cowley to head the FBI's investigative efforts against John. Cowley set up his headquarters in Chicago where he met Melvin Purvis, special agent in charge of the Chicago police, and together they planned out their strategy. An entire squad of agents under Crowley worked with East Chicago policemen in tracking down all tips and rumors. And on July 21, 1934, the madam of a brothel in Gary, Indiana, contacted one of the police officers with information. This woman called herself Anna Sage, but her real name was Anna Kumpanis. She was Romanian. Because she was a sex worker, she was considered an undesirable alien by the Immigration and Naturalization Service, and deportation proceedings had already started. Anna was willing to sell the FBI information about Dellinger for a cash reward, plus their help in preventing her deportation. At a meeting with Anna, Crowley and Purvis were skeptical. They promised her the reward if her information led to John's capture. But all they could do was call her cooperation to the attention of the Department of Labor. Anna then told the agents that a girlfriend of hers had visited her establishment with John Dillinger. And Anna recognized him from a newspaper photo. Anna told the agents that she her friend Polly, and John would probably be going to the movies at one of two theaters the following evening, and that she would let them know when the theater was chosen. She also said that she would wear an orange dress so that they could identify her. On July 22nd, Callie ordered all agents of the Chicago office to stand by for urgent duty. Anna called that evening to confirm the plans, but still did not know what theater they would attend. Agents and policemen were then sent to both theaters, and at 8.30 p.m., Anna Sage, John Dillinger, and Polly Hamilton strolled into the Biograph Theater to see Clark Gable. Remember him from our last lesson? It was Roald Dahl's First Wives X, who was starring in Manhattan Melodrama. Agents and policemen were cautioned to wait outside rather than risk a shooting match inside the crowded theater. Each man was instructed not to unnecessarily endanger himself and told that if John offered any resistance, it would be every man for themselves. They all knew that John was always packing, and he carried a gun too. <laughs> 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At 10.30 p.m., John Dillinger and the two ladies walked out of the theater and turned left. They walked past the doorway in which Purvis was standing. Purvis lit a cigar, which was the signal for the other men to close in. It wasn't long until John realized what was happening, and he acted by instinct. He grabbed a pistol from his right pocket and ran towards the alley. Five shots were fired from the guns of three FBI agents. Three of the shots hit John, and he fell face down on the pavement. On July 22, 1934, John Dillinger was pronounced dead at Alexian Brothers Hospital. He was 31 years old. That night marked the beginning of the end of the gangster era. When it was all said and done, 27 people were convicted in federal courts on charges of harboring, aiding, and abetting John Dillinger. And John was buried in Crown Hill Cemetery in Indianapolis, Indiana. I think I might go visit his grave next time I go to Indy. John Dillinger was known as public enemy number one and was personally hated and hunted by J. Edgar Hoover and the FBI. Their efforts ended up paying out, costing multiple lives and a lot of taxpayer money. I mean, Chicago police made an entire squad dubbed the Dillinger Squad, for crying out loud. All of that time, energy, and bloodshed could have possibly been avoided if way back when John was first in prison, he was shown a smidgen of sympathy for his first offense. Did he show signs of being malicious as a young boy? Yes, but maybe if our justice system was one of rehabilitation instead of soul-crushing, dehumanizing brutality, John and the lives of those he killed or who were killed hunting him might have been spared. From my experience working in history, Most criminals are made, not born that way. The lesson I learned from John Dillinger is that it only takes one rotten act to have an avalanche effect on the rest of our lives. Remember that the next time you want to seek revenge on someone, if you let yourself do something rotten once, you could soon be completely rotten to the core. Well, that brings us to the end of our lesson for today, my darlings. Let's cleanse ourselves and I'll let you be off on your next adventure. Take that deep breath and ground yourself. I ask for clear communication between myself, my body, mind, and spirit. 
so that I may live in harmony with myself and those around me. Clear any negative thoughts within my mind and heart space. May I move forward with clarity and alignment with my highest self so that I can move through my journey with ease and flow and magnetize my greatest desires. May I always remember that I am in constant connection and co-creation with spirit. I appreciate and thank each and every one of you for supporting Rotten to the Core. Let me know what lessons you've learned from John Dillinger on one of my socials. I'd love to see what your perspective is about that rotten, yet handsome, man. Join me next week, and until then, be happy, find peace, and don't hurt anyone. If you enjoy Rotten to the Core, please follow me on Instagram or join me on Patreon. Both of those are at It's Rotten to the Core. I also have a TikTok now at Rotten in History. And you can listen to me on my other podcast, Mystery Inc., that I do with my brother Shane. We also have a Facebook group called Shane and Josh's Rabbit Hole where we interact and have a plethora of extra fun, foul, mysterious, rotten, and historical things a-brewing. Join me next time and have a great week ahead, everyone. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.